there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. I don't know when Taylor Swift says at tea time, everybody agrees. Are we talking about T-E-A or T-E-E? We talking about golf or are we talking about the hot goss? That's my question. You know what? It could be taken either way, I think. Well, if you're fucking talking about me at tea time with your golfing buddies, go fuck your whole self. You know what I mean? Don't talk about me when you're doing sports ball shit. But if you're talking about... I think she's about as athletic as we are, Shy. I mean. <laughs> she is kind of my spirit animal. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just kind of like, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about T-E-E or T-E-A? Oh, no. I just, That's the question. Because I am an avid tea drinker and I do have tea time with my yogi friends that's where my brain went yeah i assumed tea too Mm -hmm. but then i was like but you know when you tee off at golf it's also called tea time true so so what will you be (laughs) embroidering today while i share a crime story with you oh i will tell you so i have this cute little pouch that Mm -hmm. i'm gonna put in my purse this cute little canvas pouch (gasps) <gasps> that I embroidered some shit up here, I like a moon that. and some stars and some stuff. And then I'm going to embroider good witch vibes on the front. Um, may I uh, hook you up with something and you can make me one? Yeah, of course. Okay. I actually have another pouch at home if you want me to make, make you a pouch. But if you want something different, I can do whatever, bro. No, I love the pouch. I love the little canvas, little canvas pouch. This is going to go in my purse to to hold all of my hair ties and medicines and shit like that that I carry around as a mom. Yeah. Because all the little kids at softball now know that at any given time I have hair ties. I got kid ibuprofen if we have headaches Mm -hmm. or if we have muscle problems. Mm -hmm. And mama has got everything under the sun in her purse. Nice. So... You're that mom. I'm that mom. You're the one that's like got your shit together. We all know I'm not that mom, (laughs) but I have medication. (laughs) And hair ties. And hair ties. The two most important things. It really is. So so I have to tell you about the COVID experience in the Crosley home. Go. So we were on... Morning four, day four of COVID. Of COVID. Um, I'm sure like most married couples, the our symptoms were not even the same. Right. Similar, but not. You had two different strains <clears throat> or whatever. Two different completely. Yeah. Um, however, we believe that our Irish wolfhound, Dot, also <laughs> developed the COVID. That poor fucking dog. Because... 
during the middle of the night for two day, three days prior to our fourth day in COVID, she had diarrhea in our house. Diarrhea. You guys, Irish wolfhounds are very large dogs. <laughs> okay. She's 160 pounds. Yeah. About 32 inches at the shoulder. She's big dog. Yeah. Your dog weighs as much as your husband. Yes. So that's a lot of shit. Okay. <laughs> so we're taking every precaution possible to make sure this dog does not shit on any carpet. Okay. <laughs> that poor dog. She's so embarrassed right now. She's like, I know you're talking about me. I know you're talking about me and my poop. She's just the best. Anyway, <laughs> I'm up middle of the night, morning four, about 1.45-ish, um, coughing up a lung, <clears throat> as I have been, and Dot leaves the room. Dot's too big to be in a kennel, guys. She doesn't. She's never needed to be in a kennel. She's a good dog. Just wolfhounds are like that. They're just really good dogs. So I think she's going to go lay on another bed, on a couch, on something. She's tired of your bullshit. Yep. She's tired of me coughing. And so I just lay back down. And then I hear what sounds like, I don't know. I, I, I can't explain the sound. I was like, what is happening? I walk out into our hallway, which is tile. Yeah, thank God. And there she is. Oh. And all of her glory. Poor baby. And all of her, her intestinal stink. fluids. And I'm like, oh, for the love of God. And I was like, God damn it. And Hubs jumps up. Other dog, Bo, our <laughs> precious little Australian shepherd. I race her to the sliding door. Like, get out, get out. Bo lovingly steps around the poo. Silly dog. Doesn't even walk through it. And I was like, you go too. It's fine. I'm not two seconds back to the sink to get all of the mopping utensils needed to clean up the copious amounts of poo. When Bo starts barking and I'm like, God, it's fucking two o'clock in the morning. What? You can't. Like, we have neighbors. So cussing i walk back to the sliding glass door and i'm i the minute i open it up and dot runs in the it hits me <laughs> the skunk smell is like a, a wall that's coming through it's like and i'm like oh no 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 this cannot be happening and i start screaming for my <laughs> I started screaming for my husband and he's like, what, what? And I was like, there's a fucking skunk outside and Bo's after it. And he was like, damn it. And so he throws on some shoes and, it, and you Her can see husband. him. You can see the dog pinning this skunk. You can't really see the skunk, but you can see Bo like aggressively up against the fence. And I'm like, oh God, this cannot be happening. So as my Husband is trying to wrangle dog. I'm in the hallway cleaning the mess. I get it all cleaned. I walk to the back door and he's standing at the sliding door. Bo, he's got Bo by the scruff of his neck. And I was like, and he, okay, my husband cannot smell. That's one of his 
That was one of his lucky COVID traits. I still can. Okay. And he opens the door and he goes, did it spray him? And I went, yeah. yes. Yeah. I said, take him to the bathroom. So he runs him back to the bathroom. I grab the tomato sauce. I grab a bucket. Oh, poor dog. I take the tomato sauce into the shower. And then I'm Googling our 20-year-old, our oldest daughter, is like sending me. This is she was awake. She was like, it says you can do baking soda and peroxide and dish soap. Oh, that does not work. And I was like, okay, well, I tried baking soda vinegar and dish soap. And it worked? Well, that along with the tomato sauce. Helped? At it least. helped. Okay. And... I well, think that's a pro tip. I think we got it fast enough. Oh yeah, where it didn't set into it the didn't skin like and everything seep into bleh, none of that. So, Blech. but our day four of COVID, everything that could possibly Go no, that's wrong. not wrong. That's not right. There's four stuff could have happened, but when you're sick, yeah, you don't want you to can't deal with breathe. That. You can gross. barely walk. And not only are you, oh, it was like, I was like, what? I didn't, I didn't even want to ask the question what else could go wrong. I was Bro, just like, you know what? Nope. The universe. Nope. Is not a fan right it now. It was not my, no. Universe is not loving you right she now. She was out to get me. Yeah. That night. I don't know what you've done, but you need to... Take care of your karmic issues, bro. I, you know, I thought I had when I went to the Reiki healing. <laughs> like, let me let me refresh this. I've done some stuff in my past lives, you know? Yeah. Let me take care of that. Apparently mm, not. Nope. You did not take care of it. No. Nope. It took care of me. So we're even, okay? <clears throat> oh, my God. Yeah. I hate so. that. I hate that you guys got COVID, and I really hate that your dog got COVID. Yeah. As well, because Jesus, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't affect the dogs how it does humans, guys. <laughs> Just the tummy issues. Just their tummies. Yeah, yeah, and it's not fun. That's bananas, bro. But I love my dogs. I mean, they're all right. They're they're good dogs. <laughs> they're better than my dogs for sure. Uh uh-uh, uh, your dogs are awesome. <laughs> Demons. Demons. At some point, they all are. It's fine. They're like children. So what do you, uh, do you have any other podcast business? I do not. Do you? No. None at all? No. We haven't really been. God, we have not been businessing. Here we go. What do you have for us this week, Cheyenne? So since we were not able to do a live Mm -hmm. from Breckenridge. Yep. Um, I'm going to do the, uh, story that, uh, I oh, had picked out for do? us. Yeah. Okay. For our live. Do it. And it's so interesting. Um, very sad story, but also, um, we got some bad bitches getting shit done. We do have bad bitches getting shit done. you know how we like that. We do. And we've got stickers that say that. Yep. Bad bitches getting shit done. So. Whatever. Okay. So this is the murders of Annette Schnee and Bobby Joe Olberholzer. 
Okay, so tell me how to sp- uh, spell Annette's last name. S H. Sorry, S C H N E E. Okay, so that's German for snow. For snow. Is it really? Uh huh. Schnee is snow. Yeah, it's either snow or sleet. And she lived in Breckenridge. Yeah. Precious. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. Maybe that's why she moved there. Maybe. It's a good old-fashioned German name. Yeah, she wasn't from Breckenridge. We'll go into that here in a a few. Okay. Okay. I'm here for it. So, uh, the majority of the information I got from the 48 Hours Investigates, Mm -hmm. like, since she had, like, before we were going to go to Colorado. I know. I had sent her a a picture of my television that just said... (laughs) It uh, literally just said Breckenridge murder something something, and I was like... I mean, this sounds great. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, though, because I'm not with you. No, I sent it before we went. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. But I still didn't know what the case was. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were like, jot that down. I was like, jot it down, queen. Go get it. <laughs> Anywho. And kktv.com is where I got some informations. Okay. Okay. So if you don't know where... Breckenridge, Colorado is. It is located at the base of the Rocky Mountains 10 mile range. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia, for that information. Thank you. Um, it's just west of Denver, yeah, about an, like hour an hour and a half. half. Yep. Yeah. So, not far from Vail. You're not far from Aspen. Um, Aspen. And all that. Fair Play, um, and if you all didn't know Fair Play, they actually have a little town center that's modeled after South Park. Yes. So if you like South Park, um, that's pretty fun. So it's like 20 minutes from Fair Play, I think, from the little South Park town. So back – well, actually, I'll say just up until recently, hitchhiking between the ski towns – was not uncommon. Did you know this? I wonder if that's why they run shuttles now. See, I thought that too, but I couldn't find anything to... To confirm. To confirm that. Um, I think they did it just for the tourists. Like the the shuttles are... Mainly they did it for the tourists. Sure. And more the locals were the ones that would hitchhike. That were hitchhiking? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So, and in 1982... When oh, that was still a huge deal, I'm sure. Huge deal. Yeah. Huge deal to hitchhike. So this happened January 6th of 1982. Okay. Okay. There was a really bad snowstorm that was going through that area at the time. Um, the, the temperature at the time was negative 20 degrees. Heart pass. Yeah. I'm like, I know you like the cold, but negative 20. I love the cold, and I love the mountains, and I love the mountain cold. But um, I will draw boundary lines, and if there's a negative sign in front of it, mm-hmm. that's the math I don't like to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay without negative 20 degrees. Right? Because... I think the coldest we've ever been here was negative 10, the Arctic. I mean. Right? It. It was bad. It's rough. It was bad. bad. 
Okay, so during this storm, a passenger on a commercial flight flying over Breckenridge would notice a car's headlights using the SOS signal. Okay? Yes. What is the SOS signal? SOS is like, um, I'm probably going to get this wrong. Please correct me. I don't mind. It's like, uh, tick, tick. Uh, mm, hold on. It's like long, long, short, 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 long, long, or something like that. Oh, how do you, how the, how the fuck do you know that? How do I know this? Yeah. Um, one of the random core memories I made with my grandparents <laughs> is okay. our grandpa teaching us the SOS signal. Was it, wait. Our grandpa or your grandpa? I think our grandpa. Okay. Yes, because they used it, right, in World War II? Yeah, because he, and he was a radio. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. So that's a core memory I made. I will never forget that as long as I live. So if we're ever stranded, we're um, ever stranded, Shan, and we need that. So a passenger in an in a commercial airliner. In a commercial airliner flying sees, over. Yeah. Sees headlights using the signal. They were able to tell the pilot to radio to the breckenridge fire station and they then gave them the coordinates of where they where they saw this car Uh, okay okay i believe it i'm just saying that's somebody that's really fucking paying attention while they're on a commercial flight i mean if you have anxiety about being in a plane and constantly looking out the window i guess i guess just to see if the Ground is coming at you faster. I don't. Okay. Anyways, all right. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this area was was called Guanella Pass. Okay. Okay. The fire chief at the time was like, "I'll go. I'll go see what it is." In the forty eight hours investigates, he was like, "We all thought it was just a tourist that we we're going to have to go save again, again, <laughs> again, because it's during a snowstorm." Yes. yes. It was during a snowstorm. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Late at night. Ugh. Yeah. So when he gets out there, he notices it wasn't a tourist. It was one of his coworkers uh, by the name of Alan Phillips. And Alan was like, I got drunk and got myself stuck. Well, the way he got stuck was his back tires kind of sank down into... um whatever, snow, whatever. And so his headlights were pointed straight up. Oh. So, okay. This actually makes way more sense Not straight up, but at an angle to where he could flash. That actually makes way more sense as to how the airline passenger saw it. Okay. Yes. I love it. Go on. Okay. Unfortunately, two other people that same night would not be so lucky so two other people on the roadway then two other people in breckenridge okay yeah would not be so lucky during the storm okay okay so he saved his buddy that was wasted mm-hmm. yes all righty so the first uh victim i would like to talk about her name was bobby joe oberholzer she was 29 Um, Her and her husband had just 
recently moved to the Breckenridge area. They actually lived in Alma, which is just south um, of Breckenridge. And if you're heading to Breckenridge from the New Mexico side, from the southern side. From Boulder. Yeah. Then you're going to pass right through Alma. Okay. So um, she was a real estate agent. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she had married her, her husband, Jeff, in 1977, mm-hmm. and she had just found out earlier that day that she had received a promotion at work. Yeah. So they were – she was going to go party with some friends and celebrate. Um, you know, she, Jeff said that she was just a very – free-spirited person most of the community back then were very much hippie just ski bums yep yep and you know they he called himself hippies like mm-hmm. they were hippies so just a very footloose fancy free like everybody's here for everyone type of community I love and that. yeah and they really liked it and jeff stated that if you saw someone on the side of the road you just pick them up like you didn't Well, yeah, you're not going to leave somebody out in the snow, but that was just the case for everybody back in the 70s and 80s. And, oh, God, it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing that, you know, this hitchhiking could be dangerous, Mm -hmm. you know, Jeff had given Bobby... This it looks like a key ring, but what it is, it's a large, large brass clip mm-hmm. attached to a large brass ring. Large clip. Okay. So, and we can put um, pictures up on the Insta and the Facebook. Okay. But that was basically like your brass knuckles type of situation. <gasps> oh. He gave this to her for uh, for protection. For protection. Okay. So, was she hitchhiking then because they didn't have a vehicle, or was she was she just hitchhiking in Breckenridge or or to Breckenridge <clears throat> from Alma? So she had called her husband. They had one vehicle. Okay. She was in Breckenridge. She had called her husband, said, "Hey, I got this promotion. I'm going to go celebrate with friends. I'll get a ride home." Okay. Okay. Since it was commonplace back then, he was like, "Cool." He was like, "Cool." Right, so he didn't think and anything. And he probably about. thought she was getting a ride home with her coworkers, or yeah, I or bet. friends that they had living there in yeah. Breckenridge. Yeah. Oh. So by midnight, Bobby Joe hadn't made it home. Mm-hmm. Jeff became super worried and went looking for her. Yeah, of course. He drove to a friend's house that she said she was celebrating with, and when they hadn't seen her. Like, they hadn't seen her at all that night? No, they hadn't seen her since the since celebrating. She, like, left the party. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He then drove to the police department, but was told at the time that it was too soon to make a missing persons report. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. this was just, what, maybe three hours later. <laughs> yeah. Which is ridiculous, but that's fine. Yeah. At around 8 the next morning, 
Jeff received a phone call from a ranch, a rancher not too far away, mm-hmm. that said he had found Bobby Joe's license and a few other of her, like personal belongings that would have been in her wallet mm-hmm. in his driveway. Mm. Right. Okay. So Jeff like that. Right. So super worried. Jeff and friends make their way to the property to see what, you know, see what they find. But on the way there, Jeff spots her backpack on the side of the road. Mm. Right. Not a fan. Nope. Nearby was a bloody glove and a bloody, like, tissue. Yes. A bloody glove, like a winter glove? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're saying? Winter glove. Sorry, yes. Okay. Bloody winter glove. I don't like and, this. Yeah. And he knew that it was Bobby Joe's. Okay. So <clears throat> immediately he takes this. This was 82. Mm-hmm. Takes it to the police department. The friends decide to go up to a place called Hoosier Pass. Okay. And check that out. When they do upon searching that area, they did find Bobby's body. Okay. She had been shot twice and they weren't sure if she had been sexually assaulted or not. Okay. Okay. Nearby, they found her brass key ring and an orange sock. So they take all this in. Did the orange sock belong to her? We gonna get to that. Okay, sorry. We gonna get to it. Sorry. Mm -hmm. We're gonna get to it. (laughs) So, within 24 hours, Mm -hmm. Jeff has made numero uno suspect. Sure. Yes. Okay. And, but at this point, he was like, I will, I will comply, like, anything you want to know i will tell you like i didn't do this to my wife so within a few hours the authorities would have a second woman become uh, come up missing okay within hours of her going within hours of them finding bobby joe another woman would go missing. Yes. Jesus. Okay. So, Annette Schnee was 21 at the time. Okay. She was originally from Sioux City, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And she had moved to Colorado. She was doing some modeling things. She had two jobs. One was at the Frisco Holiday Inn. And uh, the other was at the, I think it was the flip side Okay. Bar and Grill in Breckenridge, which we passed numerous times. Oh, yeah? And, uh-huh, in Breckenridge. It was a fun little... It's still open then? Yeah. Wow. Little Bar and Grill. Because this was... What year was this? 82. 82. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, she was last seen leaving a pharmacy. Okay. Okay. And... 
her friend, she was not, she did not show up to work on the 8th of January. Mm-hmm. And her friend reported her missing on the 8th. On the 8th. Right. Same but she day. was last seen on the 6th, which is the same day oh. that Bobby Joe went missing. Good God. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. I mean, Breckenridge is not big. Yeah, no. That's not a at all. lot. That's a lot. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So she had went after her shift at the Holiday Inn. She had hitchhiked into Breckenridge to go to a doctor's appointment and then went to a pharmacy to pick up a prescription. Uh-huh. And they believe that she was probably going to go to her job at Flipside Bar okay. and then would hitchhike home. Okay. But 4.45 was the last time anyone saw her. So they don't know if she didn't ever show up at Flipside, but they do know she didn't show up at the Holiday Inn. Okay. On the 8th. So. Ugh. Yes. I hate all of this. Right. All of it. So while police were, um, had Bobby Joe and her murder to solve... They were still trying to find Annette. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Oberholzer, precious Jeff, would tell the would tell the police officers that he was it a premonition? Did he say it was a premonition that they would probably find Annette's body on the third of July or the fourth of July? probably four miles from his house. And they're like, uh, you're not making yourself sir, look you're good, not Jeff. you're helping yourself. That is a bad... That's not... This was also 1982. Okay. <sighs> he needed our help. Yes. He needed our help real bad. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well... Fast forward to July 3rd of 1982. (laughs) Annette's body was found by a young boy who went fishing at the Sacramento Creek. Mm -hmm. About her body was found about 10 miles from Bobby's body. Okay. About seven miles from Bobby's home. So they were like, hey, Jeff. Mm. What are you doing here, buddy? Why? <clears throat> yeah. Well. I don't. S- yeah. I know. I was like, Jeff. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes a little bit, mm-hmm. bro. But again, this was like this hippie community, right? Like yes. everybody was like. Free- and it was 82. So like- they were all like, we need to help. And I respect that. But at the same time. Yeah. Yes. So, they do think that Annette had been sexually assaulted. Okay. The zipper on her jeans were broken, and her shoes were on the wrong feet. Okay. Okay. On her left foot was an orange sock. (gasps) On her left foot. Just one just one foot with one sock. Mm-hmm. No 
And then they found an orange sock with Bobby Joe. Six months earlier. Jesus. Yes. So up until the investigator Mm -hmm. that was at the autopsy noticed this orange sock, did they only kind of put them together? Yeah. That these two women had disappeared you know, together or at the same time by the same person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Right. And it was on the same fucking day. Yes. Jesus Christ. In a snowstorm. In a fucking snowstorm. Minus 20 degrees. <sighs> okay. Okay. So they soon would run blood typing mm-hmm. on the blood that was found on Bobby Joe's glove mm-hmm. and that tissue. And thank goodness Jeff Oberholzer was not a match. Not a match at all. He is so lucky. I know. Because blood typing, I mean, mm-hmm. that was a, that's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. There's only so many combinations. And if you're one of those combinations, then yeah, you're the guy. Especially yeah. when you're having premonitions and things like that. Yeah. Yes. I know. And they would later on in the 90s, you know, with the DNA coming out, they would have that DNA tested. Sure. Um, But there was no. No match. No match. Jesus. Yes. So. Cases go cold. Of course. And when it's minus 20 degrees, they go really fucking cold. Mm -hmm. Right? Really cold. Well, 40 years later. Okay. Okay. Actually, huh, 38, 38 years later is when they um, kind of reopened back up this case. Uh-huh. And this is where our bad bitches get shit done. Park County Detective Sergeant Wendy Kip, uh, Kipple um, decided to reopen this case. Yeah, she did. Yep. Yes, Wendy. And she was like, you know what? We've got DNA. Yes, and Wendy. We're gonna send this DNA to a place called United Data Connect. Okay. Which I looked it up. It's a Denver-based company that runs DNA profiles through publicly available genealogical databases. Love that. Love a genealogical fucking Yes, 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 yes. yes. Love this. So okay. like give us all this stuff and we'll run it against all the platforms, right? Yeah. And they run it against anything that's open in GEDmatch or anything that's open sourced. Yep. As far as DNA goes. Yes. I love that. So in 2021, January 9th Mm -hmm. of 2021. So how many years is that? That's 39 39 years. 39 years. Since Bobby Joe was found. Yeah. Genealogists called with two names. Two? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Okay. So the names were Alan Phillips and Bruce Phillips. Oh, <gasps> uh, okay. 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 Because so, it's genealogical. Yep. So they sometimes can't narrow it down to just one. Mm-hmm. So Sergeant Kipple decides to reach out to the older of the two. So they were brothers, Alan and Bruce. Bruce being the oldest. 
Okay. Decides to reach out at Bruce, who was not a resident of Colorado at the time. Okay. And she asked him, have you ever lived in Colorado? Have you ever lived near the town of Breckenridge? And at that time... Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to take a drink. And <clears throat> at the time of the call, he said, no, I have never lived in Colorado. However, I have an estranged brother who does. Well. Yes, and that's Alan. Well. Yep. Okay. And so they were like, this has got to be our guy. Got to be. It's got to be. So they decide to surveil Mm -hmm. Alan to -hmm. see if they can get any, what's it like? Yeah, throwaway DNA. Throwaway DNA, right? Discarded. Yes. Discarded trash or anything that would have his DNA on it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when they, like, watched weeks on end, he never threw anything away. Fuck off. No. Shut up. Seriously. Uh Never threw anything away. And the lady, the jur- the journalist. He never took trash out or anything? Nope. Sergeant Kimball was like, he never threw anything away. And the. He knew. Yeah. He had to have known. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, what was he doing with it? Was he burying it? And they were like, we just don't. We didn't know what he was doing with it. I guarantee he was burying it. Or burning it Or somewhere. burning it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So Ugh. I bet the minute he found out about DNA back in the 90s, he stopped throwing, he stopped throwing all the things away. Ooh, what a fucking trash bag. Mm-hmm. <sighs> trash. Yep. He didn't live in Breckenridge, but they were able to find it at one time mm-hmm. in the 80s. He did. He did. Yeah. He not only lived there, he worked in the mines. Okay. And he <clears throat> happened to work with um, a fire chief at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, Alan just happened to be our stranded driver January 6th, 1982. <gasps> The guy flashing his headlights? Yep. Are you serious? Yep. So he... Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm I'm fucking done with this guy. <laughs> done. Yes. Done. 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 Yes. So... What happened from... From... From what? <laughs> my poor dog. From... From what the former fire chief was saying uh-huh. was when he got out to when he got out to the vehicle that was stranded mm-hmm. and saw that it was one of his coworkers, mm-hmm. he said, "Alan, what are you doing? Why are you out here? Like you know better." And he goes, "Well, I got drunk and I got myself stuck." But he didn't. He right. was just out there killing people. Well. One of the things that 
this this gentleman's names was his last name was Montoya, and I apologize, I don't have his first name. But what he noticed was Alan had a huge gash above his eye. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what happened to your head? And he goes, oh, I just fell into my truck. No, you got kicked in the face by somebody. They're pretty sure that that was the key ring. <gasps> oh, her little oh, yes. her thing. She, yeah, I bet you're right. They, yeah, they're pretty sure it was her key ring. Ugh. So... As the detectives are searching, you know, through all of these case files, they're trying to find anything on Phillips. Right. And on Allen. And they remember, or somebody had said that he had been arrested in 1973 Uh for assault and burglary. Okay. And so as she's searching through case files, um, she finds out that some case files had been lost in a fire. Back in the day. And she was like, oh, gosh, please don't let this. Of course. Please don't let this happen. It was so – if you guys can watch this episode, please do, because this woman is just like – the odds of her finding this case file in 2019 or 2021 um, were slim to none. She found it. She found his case file. Almost near the damn end of all case files in their archives. What? She went through all of them. That's crazy. She was like, "I'm. we're going to find it. If it's here, we're going to find it. She's like, we're not doing this shit anymore. Yes. Well, in this case file was a signed confession by a, at that time, 30-year-old... Alan Phillips, mm-hmm. who, sorry, buddy. No, I'm sorry. He was, he was not 30. He was in his 20s. He had picked a woman up in Breckenridge. Mm-hmm. Was going to drive her to Fair Play. Mm-hmm. She needed to be, but along the way, he decided to stop at an abandoned cabin. Ugh. Took her out of the car found a rock, and proceeded to beat her with the rock. What? I'm not sure if she was sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was at some point able to talk him into letting her go. This woman has never been named. And they only charged him with... Assault. And, and burglary. burglary. Because he robbed her. Yes. What? He served six months and was released. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. The fuck? Yeah. So she goes back through the investigative files of Annette and Bobby Joe and finds out that Phillips had been looked at, Alan had been looked at in 2005 Uh as a potential suspect when someone anonymously called in and tipped them off about him, but they couldn't verify any of the information, so they had to let it go. 
they couldn't, they couldn't, they didn't have any more substantial whatever to go on. They didn't have DNA. They didn't have all that, right? Interesting. Yes. So, while surveilling, uh, they happen to see him. They follow him to Sonic. <laughs> Gotta get that Sonic drink, yo. Sonic's, Sonic's gonna get you. You gotta okay. get that Sonic drink, bro. Mm-hmm. Get that big Dr. Pepper. Yep. And as they're watching, they're thinking, oh, please, just, th- like, throw out your trash. Like, leave it. A straw? Like, anything. anything right? Anything. Well, he didn't. And they're like, God bless it. Because he's a professional killer. Mm-hmm. Basically. So, they f- they continue to follow him. They see him pull up to the local post office. <laughs> they watch him walk in with his Sonic bag. Uh-huh. But came out with only his mail. Oh, well, I'm getting that Sonic bag. Mm-hmm. Trust me. They got that Sonic bag. Good. But I'm like, he knew what he was he knew what he was doing throwing it away in a public place. So he may not have known he was being surveilled at the time. I am that's what I'm thinking. He may have just been so like consistent with like I don't throw anything out at my house mm-hmm. that maybe he like thought that throwing things away in public places was fine. Yeah. You know? Yes. That's what I think. Yeah. Um I know. Man, that Sonic is gonna get you. It really Either is. Either way, one of two ways is gonna get you. The gastroenteritis or <laughs> fucking DNA evidence, the bitches. DNA will get you. You know? So they did end up grabbing that bag. They mm-hmm. took the whole basket, the whole basket of trash. Sure. Took it. They were able to swab a napkin containing DNA evidence, and they got him. Good. That was the DNA evidence. Finally. Right 40 years later. Jesus. He still lived in the same area. Had pretty much became a hermit, like a recluse on his own property. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're guilty yeah. of murders, then. You I got get, to. Uh-huh. Well, Kibble was able to be the woman that put the handcuffs on him. Nice. Yeah. And she was super proud about that. Nice. Which wouldn't, I mean, any woman, especially one in law enforcement that uh, arrests a a rapist and murderer, I think would be like any, I think any woman, honestly, you don't even have to be in law enforcement to be able to say you are charged with. Yeah. We're done with your shenanigans. And murder. Yeah. A woman found you. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, he was arrested um, initially for first degree homicide and assault. Okay. Okay. On August 31st, 2022, uh, his trial would begin in Fair Play, Colorado. Oh, wow. Just recently. Just recently, Shan. Okay. Like they – just recently 
literally the week before we were supposed to be there is when his sentencing was Oh, shit. Done. Okay. Yes. The defense attorneys would try to sway the jury. They would try to get any type of reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. And they really poked hard at the DNA evidence being um, contaminated. Because if you think about it, in 1982, people had touched her things. In 82, you were not – you didn't have to have gloves yet. That wasn't part of procedure. Okay. And it was passed around. So they really thought that they could place any type of doubt, at least a smidge of doubt, into these jurors. That everything – was contaminated? Yes. I mean... And that there's no way that they could get a DNA match um, from Alan because it's, like, it's it shouldn't hold up because it's too contaminated. However, the blood, the blood on both the gloves and the tissue were Alan's blood. Yeah, it wasn't just touch DNA that was... Correct. So unless he was just in the police evidence room bleeding on shit randomly, like... Yep, exactly. You can't make that assertion. Exactly. And you can't really make that assertion unless you have some sort of documentation that there's 15, you know, DNA samples that came from that evidence. Right. There's 15 DNA... Uh, matches that came from that evidence. Right. If you're going to make the assertion that it's not contaminated, you you need to come with your yeah fucking like, receipts. There's five different types of blood on here. Yeah. There was not. There was one, and it was his, his, and hers um, probably. Yeah, because she fought back. Yeah. Um, she wasn't gonna. She wasn't gonna go down. Go down with Two women in the same night. The same day. Did he ever say why? No. The only thing they they have is from a confession back in that 73 case, uh-huh. 1973, was sh- the girl, when she was like, why are you doing this? He was like, I don't know. I yeah. just can't. I can't stop. Uh, whatever. So. Yes, you can. Yeah. So do they think there's any other crimes that are tied to him? That's what... They're kind of putting feelers out there for, like, you know, there's no way that he assaulted this woman in 73, uh-huh. killed two women on the same night in 82, and then never did it again. Right. Or did anything before those two women. They, so the jury, um, f- they would... Find Phillips guilty after four hours, 45 minutes. Yeah. They took a lunch. They took a lunch. They were like, fuck, fuck you, sir. And also, uh, you're going to prison for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. I assume. Yes. So he was found guilty on eight different counts. Two counts each of kidnapping, first degree murder, and felony murder. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. And then that week before we were supposed to be there, the judge 
would sentence him to two life sentences to serve consecutively. Good. Yes. Good. Yeah. I wonder if there's more to the story. I'm... I wonder as well, especially because he wasn't throwing any of his trash away. Right. He was very reclusive. Um, and there, he was preying on people that were that were hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. So is it possible that there are people out there that no one reported missing or really knows about? And those two women just happened to have people that were missing them. Right. And reported them missing around that area. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, surely he didn't just stop for all of those years. Yeah. I just don't see it. I don't see that it, that he did. Yeah. I don't either. Not after two in one night. Yeah. That's crazy. one night. That's crazy. Yeah. They're pretty sure that Annette. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the first since she was the last one seen at 445. And they think that the way that she was found, because she was found in a creek face down, Mm -hmm. um, the trajectory trajectory of the entrance and exit wound, um, she was shot from behind Mm -hmm. at an angle. So they think that either she was running downhill towards this creek or she was on her knees. Mm. Um, they think that more than likely she had got out of the car to run from him, mm-hmm. leaving behind a sock. Ugh. And when he kidnapped Bobby Joe later and got into um, a scuffle with him, that when she got out of the car or he pulled her out of the car, whatever happened, that orange sock, sock came, came with, with her. her. Yeah. And so they're pretty sure that she did put up one hell of a fight mm. to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did have a gun and he was able to shoot her twice um, in the chest at close range. Oh and that's what um, inevitably uh, took her life. So, um, but the, um, I think, I guess just the, the groundwork that Sergeant Kibble, you know, did and then took what information they did have. Yeah. And then was like, you know what? We're going to go a step further now yeah. and took it even further as we women do. As like, we do. We're going to take this to the finish line there, fellas. Yeah. Um, let us go ahead and finish this up for you. Yep. Yeah. And so got it done and was able to put this murderer behind bars 40 years later. Amazing. Yes. And her, Bobby Joe's uh, precious widow was still in the area. exonerated too. Completely exonerated. He did go through, I'm sure. I'm sure that was rough. Social. Because that's a really small town. Yeah. And um, one of the articles I read, he did say that, you know, Public was it public opinion? Mm-hmm. Was that he did do it? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other thing I totally forgot to mention this. Um, on or inside J- Annette's jacket, when they found her that six months later, mm-hmm. they found a card, um, a business card that was Jeff Oberholzer's business card. <gasps> 
So oh he just God. had he had a pile. Like it wasn't looking good for a hot second. Like he was really worried that they were going to try and get him on these murders. Yeah. And he was like there's no way. I wouldn't have done this to my wife and I sure, you know, wouldn't have done this to someone. And they said, "Well, how did you how did you get this car to her? Like how yeah. did she get this from you?" And he was like, "She was a hitchhiker and I picked her up at some point." Because I was trying to build my business and I gave my card to everyone. Uh. I know. But he was like, again, if you saw somebody walking, you picked them up. It was just that's what they did between those communities. So I hate it all. I know. And just so he had to not only live with that, but, you know, live with his wife passing, but then live with the – you know, this hanging over his head that he may have taken two lives mm-hmm. for 40 years. And, oh, I just couldn't. Yeah. I can't imagine. Um, But he's still in that area as from what I understood. And, mm. yeah. God, I bet he had a rough go of it for sure. Yeah. God bless. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it got solved. And that's crazy. I know. That's crazy. But they do have, there's a little um, memorial set up for both women. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not go no. out and find them, but no. they're not too far from Breckenridge where they have them set up. So, but yeah, that's the, that's the Breckenridge murders. Man. I know. That was banana shy. I know. But you did a really good job. Thank you. I just, I think what caught my eye about it so much was that. The murderer was literally rescued. Yeah. He rescued have, out of the snow. He could have literally died there mm-hmm. and probably should have. Let's yeah. just be honest. Um, but he sent up the SOS. He sent up the SOS after murdering two women and got to live. And his buddy found him. Yeah. His buddy, his buddy co-worker, the fire was chief. the fire chief. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, man, if I would have known at the time, I would have left him. You know. Let him freeze to death. Yeah, that hindsight 2020, like, no. Yeah. Yeah. So. Jesus. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. That is a banana story. But good job, Shay. Thanks, Shan. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here. Like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK underscore pod.